All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to The Fifth Thing, the bonus episode of The Four Things Podcast. And today's is a little different. Normally, I go over emails that have been sent in. But today, I'm sharing with you a conversation that Mary and I had on Zoom this last weekend with the former Prime Minister of Haiti, Laurent Lamothe. Now, given the current fragile climate in Haiti, we thought it'd be great if he could come on and help give us a better understanding of what's going on there. If you haven't heard last week, the president of Haiti was assassinated, but I'm sure you definitely have seen that on the news somewhere, somehow. But sometimes I wonder, I mean, I think I'm just majorly dialed into what's going on in Haiti because I've adopted two kids from there and it's a place that's near and dear to my heart. So maybe some of you don't know exactly what's been going on there. And and even leading up to the assassination, like it was in a fragile state before that happened. There's been a lot of political unrest and a lot of riots and a lot of kidnappings and a lot of really dangerous things. And, you know, Mary and I used to go to Haiti several times a year. My first trip was in 2012. And then, yeah, after that, I met Mary and we went several times a year until about 2018. And in those years, we were visiting the kids that my husband and I were adopting. We were working at the orphanage. We were building relationships with the organizations that RSPA line supports to this day or helps support. And also in that time, we got to know the former prime minister, Laurent Lamont, and you're going to hear us refer to him as LL, which is much easier. So that's what I'll do from here on out. And we got to do some work with his nonprofit after Hurricane Matthew. And that was because a lot of you 
who are listening right now who have also supported Espoir. But the reason we haven't been back to Haiti since 2018 is because, yeah, it got too dangerous. And it's such a bummer because we really loved being able to show you firsthand the impact that you were making with your purchases. So we're going to start off by talking about that with LL, some of the unrest, and then we'll get into uh, the assassination of their president and then also how we can best come alongside and support Haiti, maybe from here on out not even just because of what happened with the president, but the best ways to support Haiti. And then Mary and I actually talk for about 10 minutes, just me and her after LL departs the little chat. So make sure you stick around and listen to our talk after he leaves. But here is our sit down with the former prime minister of Haiti. Here you go. Hey, LL, thank you so much for sitting down with us. We know that you're super busy. I know when we were messaging about scheduling a time for this, I pulled up Instagram and saw a clip of you on CNN. And I was like, oh, okay, he's probably got a lot going on right now. Highly sought after person to talk to. So we really appreciate you taking the time. And I'd love if you could just start off by helping us better understand why we were once able to go to Haiti all the time. And then suddenly it got so dangerous and we haven't been able to go. Okay. So in 2012, 13, 14, you know, I I was in office for only 31 months, two and a half years. Basically we went from next to last to second safest from 14 to second in terms of security. So we became in the first year that I was there, the the safest country, the, the, the second safest country in the Caribbean. We invested a lot in the, in the police force the UN force, the rules of engagement that they have. So we ask them to, to do more operations, fight the gangs more often, you know, go after the gangs. And, and, and really, I was like relentlessly after, you know, we had a meeting every Wednesday for results, for example. I wanted to have a full report of the week's operations and the results. And then, and then looking at basically the gang leaders who, who was arrested, who was caught, you know, and then following up with the judges to make sure that they stay in jail. And that's how we started. And then the second year, we kept, we kept it up. You know, so we had different changes in the in the police environment. We had three people supervising national security, so three sec- national security advisors for different um, aspects. And then the biggest thing is, you know, I mean, we had a zero tolerance policy on kidnapping. I remember that uh, we we had a operation, and there was the richest family in Haiti, and you know, in Haiti, rich families they're untouchables, so they can do whatever they they get away with murder like all the time. So this guy, he was the biggest kidnapper of the country. So he kidnapped someone, he asked for $1.2 million ransom. Two kids put them in a bathtub, basically blindfolded them. Just two youngsters, you know, 14 and 16, I think, and put them in a bathtub together and then just left them there for like a week. Just very little water and food for the weeks. So basically, you know, basically horrific conditions. And then he was asking for the ransom and things like that. So we went to uh, to arrest him, and then everybody on the radio says, "Oh, you know, they can for sure they can arrest that guy. That guy is like an oligarch in the country, and things like that." Money gives you social status in Haiti, and uh, when when we made sure that it was him, we just picked him up, and he was sentenced to 18 years in jail. There was about 30 kidnappings a day, to about 10 kidnappings a day, and then there was this other guy that was, you know, very prominent kidnapper, and uh, you know, so basically, you know, we went after him. And he was the, the head of the biggest kidnapping ring in the country. And then we, you know, once we were sure that he was the one doing this, so he kidnapped this guy, you know, asked for $700,000 ransom, killed him in a ditch, stayed there for eight days. We, we rescued him. 
and uh, we we arrested the guy that, that did that. Once we arrested those two those kingpins of kidnapping, there was no more kidnapping. So that's why you felt safer because those two guys they were in jail. So when I left, they fired the police chief. They changed the entire you know unit and their entire system that that we had. They released the guy, the guy from you know the second guy that we arrested. He got released two weeks after I left from 2007, 2018. You know, he started, I mean, I'm not saying that he did it, but the, started, the kidnapping started, you know, very heavily again. And then there was, you know, very little equipment purchased for the police. The morale was down. There were several changes in the heads of police. You know, they just lost morale completely. We had a zero policy on gangs, zero tolerance policy on gangs. I mean, we fought them every weekend. We had like special units fighting the gangs. And then, and then there was just a laissez-faire, you know. I mean, they just, there was nothing, you know, happening. That's why you saw that 2018 and things, the gang activity started picking up because there is a lax management of the security forces. We're recording this on Saturday just for full transparency and this is going to air on Tuesday. So some of the stuff we discussed, there might be updates in the news. But what happened a few days ago was the current sitting president in Haiti was assassinated. So LL, can you recap that for those that maybe aren't up to speed with exactly what happened? Okay, so this president came in, and since he was during the election, different sectors were fighting him, you know, political uh, opposition, internal opposition. They, they had pushed back against him because he came in on a very strong platform of change and reforms. And his platform was, you know, he's going to change specific sectors. And those sectors, they're controlled by some oligarchs. So when he started to touch those sectors, there was a lot of pushback especially in the third year. The first two, three years, he was more like, like trying to negotiate with them. And when he saw that that didn't work, he says, okay, I'm going to go after them. So he went after certain sectors and, you know, they just pushed back on him. And then so that created, you know, basically the country lock when they locked down the whole country for three months. Every businesses were closed. Every road was barricaded. It was like a war zone. That's because these guys, they invested a whole lot of money to block the country, basically. When, when that finished, they had protests, violent protests against him for like six months. They tried to implicate him in a corruption scan- scandal in a report that one of the, the organization, institutions that they control came out with. So that was the third attempt. So when he did, did these reforms, you know, and those enemies that are very powerful, they said, look, we're going to, we don't agree to, the, to those reforms. And then there was a coup against the president. So the coup ended up you know, in 19 people being arrested. But then the press basically, I mean, they spun the the coup into something personal that the president was doing to grab power. So they they spun it on him. After the coup, you know, there was the gang activity, gang blocking, blocking areas in the country. After the gang activity, there was further protest. And from the protest, there's been the assassination. So it's been like a, a series of, of events that led to the assassination. And the president said it in the speech that he had. He says, look, I'm willing to die for the reforms that I'm doing because I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for the, for the people of this country. We cannot live like this anymore. I mean, we've had, we have, we had sectors that are controlled by one or two people. That needs to change. And, and the resources of the country should go to the people, et cetera. So he had a very progressive reformist speech. But what happened is because he didn't control the, the media, the media is mostly private and controlled by that sector, everything he said would turn against him. Everything we said would make him look bad. They would ridicule his wife. They would ridicule himself. Why? Because, you know, he comes from a, you know, 
the poorer part of the country. And, and you know, in Haiti, believe it or not, you have a lot of racism. I'm sure you're like, you know, why, why racism in Haiti? Well, because in Haiti, you have different, you know, they, they see it as different types of Haitians. So you have the light-skinned Haitians that are more, more the mulattoes, and you have the darker-skinned Haitians that are usually, the, I mean, the lowest in the, in the society. And then you have a lot of racism between. So it's like a class, a class type of society. So the, so the president was never really accepted. It's not like a normal assassination. I mean, any assassination is bad, right? But, you know, going into the president's home and shooting him point blank 12 times, and that's not enough, you go and shoot his wife three times, 28 guys. There is reports also that he was also tortured before he was killed. It's just shocking. You mentioned the mercenaries. So it, give a little background, too, of of how it went down and what happened. I just want to make sure we cover some of that so that people are listening if they want to know the full picture and maybe they haven't seen it on the news or been dialed in to, to what happened. I know that they were Spanish-speaking and American-speaking, but so were they contracted out? And this is like yeah. an inside job that was hired to the outside or were people on the outside not happy and they decided to retaliate and gosh. So I don't have all the details, of course, but you know, on the top line base, you know, I can say that there was, you know, 28 foreign mercenaries, two Haitian Americans, 26 Colombians, former special force. I think one of them was active. Information that's public is that four private companies were contracted out of Colombia and they were contracted by a Miami-based company, according to uh, the Associated Press reports and Miami Herald, etc. And that company is called CTU, Counterterrorism Unit, LLC, in Florida, in Miami. So they hired those, and, 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 and funny enough, I was looking at this morning a speech by the vice president of Venezuela who was saying that that same company was hired last year to kill or arrest the president of Venezuela. But they went there, but they, they failed because they killed all of the mercenaries there. In our case, you know, we killed a few, but they managed to kill our president. This is so shocking to all of us, and I can't imagine how it would feel in our country and how vulnerable you would feel and just not feeling safe all the time. But how are Haitians feeling right now? You know, there is a mixed feeling. The mixed feeling is that everybody is outraged of the killing of the president. And everybody is hopeful that they will catch the people, but also the people that that financed it, that sponsored it. This is an endeavor that not many people in Haiti can afford to pay. So this is why it's important that, you know, we need to get the facts right and not accuse or point the finger at the wrong people, for example. So, you know, the, the feeling is, is mixed, shocked and hopeful. What are you seeing that gives you hope to know that, like, we're going to get past this? Well, I don't think it's an impossible mission. I mean, you know, it was worse after the earthquake. The earthquake, the whole country was destroyed. Now you just have to go after the gangs. You know, you have to clean up the gangs. You have to, you know, be tough on, on security. You have to be tough on those creating the turmoil. And then, and then we'll get back. I think it's doable. And I think it's, it can be done faster than people expect. I mean, if you can recover from an earthquake that destroyed 56,000 homes, the entire public sector destroyed, 500,000 injured, 250,000 dead, and then you recover from that, I, I'm sure that, you know, that gives us a, a lot of hope that you, we can recover from this. This is a security issue mostly, that once the security issue is fixed, you, everything is going to start getting back to normal. Of course, the economy has to rebound and things, but the first order of business security so that you can go back and then you can take your Espoir people there. And, uh, and, and so Espoir can, can do what, what you do in Haiti, which is excellent work. Us feeling safe going there is one thing, but just, yeah, some of the 
organizations we work with. We even talked to one of them last night and just the, the feeling of the Haitians that were there is just, yeah, this vulnerable state. You know, we want to know since we aren't there, how we can best come alongside and support. Cause I guess we don't know the, the impact of, of this yet on the country? Like, will it affect prices? Security costs might rise for some of these places that we support, just making sure that they feel safe. And we just didn't know what your thoughts were on that. You know, I know you're doing a lot of good work and I encourage you and I thank you for that. One of the the, the things that I would recommend is that, is that um, you know, you have a maximum impact on a targeted population. So this way, you, you see the fruits of your labor because Haiti is very vast and there is so much need that, you know, remember what I told you, the, the, the damage was 15 billion and we only got, in, in reality, like 600 million. So there is needs everywhere. So the, 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 the one way to have, you know, basically what's, what I call a smart response to crisis is to select few areas and then you give yourself some, some KPIs and, uh, and then you, you invest in those sectors. So if you decide to, let's say, education, and you take, for, for children, then you take you know, five schools or 10 schools uh, that you work with, for the, with the children, with, and then you follow the children. So basically what you're doing is, instead of having you know, two kids, you have like 400 kids. But those 400 kids, you fit them into the budget of what you can do. Nothing that you cannot do, but you fit them in what you can do, and you follow them. So you follow how they, do, you know, you follow how they're doing grade-wise. You follow the quality of the teachers, you know. That it, so, so basically, this way, you you get yourself into a system that tomorrow you're leaving something that's, you know, you you you're giving a quality education. That's like something that's priceless for 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 a child in Haiti. A lot of organizations, NGOs that are working, when they're too spread out, the impact is minimal. Okay, and then even for the people, they don't feel what you're doing. Whereas if, if, if you narrow the focus and then you zoom the focus on, on specific key areas, you will have more, more impact. But, you know, that's just my, two, my take. Yeah, that's helpful. We've tried to, over the years, diversify our giving, but we've still kept it small. Like it's not like a we're casting this large net. We have specific groups in organizations and nonprofits. We just want our our followers and our supporters to feel that connection too. And so, yeah, that's affirming hearing you say that and a reminder to us to make, to stay on that, to not necessarily feel like we need to go tackle all these other things that might pop up. We just continue to focus on the groups that we currently work with and meet them where they are and just come alongside and just see how we can best support them. So we have our gratitude journal. It's probably your favorite colors, LL pink, right? this one directly supports a very specific school every time it does not change it's through project metashare and they're in central plateau we do maternity stuff with them but this journal strictly focuses on education and it encourages practicing gratitude and each day or whenever you feel like it if you have the journal you can write down four things that you're thankful for and any guests that i have on the podcast I always have them share four things that they're thankful for. So I would love for you to do that if you could. It could be big things, small things, whatever it is. If you would just share with us four things that you are currently thankful for today, we'd love to know. Okay, so what am I thankful for? I'm thankful for, you know, my two beautiful girls, for sure, their health. I'm thankful for having been blessed by my parents, having given me, you know, a good education. I had a a wonderful uh, cappuccino this morning, so I'm blessed for that. 
And then I'm, I'm blessed that um, I'm in a position to help and influence others positively. Love that. Well, thank you for sharing the four things that you're thankful for. I'm thankful for your really cool book background, which just some behind the scenes, we'll go ahead and tell people before we started recording. I was like, oh my gosh, LL, like I love your, <laughs> like y'all can't see because this is a podcast, but he has this beautiful library of books behind him. Like they, it's so pretty. And I thought that he was, you know, at home in his library coming to us <laughs> on Zoom. And then he's like, well, thank you, Amy. But you know that this is uh, one of those Zoom backdrops. <laughs> you fooled me for sure. So I was impressed with that. And we just appreciate you taking the time. Like I know that you're super busy and we're thankful that you have the ability to impact and reach so many people and have allowed us to be a part of some of what you've done in the past. And we look forward to to knowing too, how we can come alongside and support you in the future too. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, keep up doing the good work. You know, I'm very, very proud of both of you for what you're doing. Actually, I'm very thankful also. I'm going to add a, can I add a fifth one? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm very thankful for what Espoir does for Haitians. How, you know, you could pick any country in the world. And I think that the, the impact that you're doing in Haiti is, is remarkable. You know what, you know, basically, and I, and, and I see you at work every day with the children, how, you know, basically, I mean, your parenting is online, is, is on Instagram, right? So, so mm-hmm. I see the kids, I, I saw your kids grow you know, right in front of our eyes on Instagram and, and really, and I saw them when they were in Haiti and I see them now. And, you know, you're, you're a truly remarkable person for what you've done for those kids. Well, I'm honored that I get to be their adopted mom. And, you know, their moms, I think of them, like both of their birth moms, we don't know much about their dads at all, but we, we know about their moms and they're both in Haiti right now. So of course, when anything happens there, I instantly think of them and you know, I would love to take at least Ashira first because she's 14. Stevenson's still a little too young, but, you know, we've done some therapy and realized like she's in a place where she could go back and have a relationship with her mom if she would like that. And I would love nothing more than to be a part of that journey and taking her back. And, you know, because she lived with her birth mom until she was five and a half. So she has a lot of memories. It's not like she doesn't know who her mom is. Like Stevenson doesn't know his mom at all. But for Sashira, it's very different. So I look forward to that day, which hopefully, you know, I have hope that that will be one day soon. And before we wrap too, I just want to also mention your book in case people want to check it out. And it's called Hands of the Prime Minister. And it's got beautiful photographs. Tell us again who the photographer was on that. So it's Philip Halsinger. Yes. He's, a award, you know, he's a, an award-winning photojournalist. Uh, used to work for Time Magazine. You, you know, has an extensive background in photos. And, and we did a very nice illustrated conversation about the time that I was in Haiti and uh, what I was trying to do there, uh, Haiti being Haiti, which is very complicated, you know, to change everything. Well, that that captures that moment. So very special, cool book. If people are looking to learn more or have something to add to not their virtual library of books, but their actual Uh, literal library of books, or maybe like a coffee table book or something like that. Yeah, we just thank you for making time to talk with us. And we hope to to see you soon. And maybe we can even all take a trip to Haiti together. (laughs) Yeah. Why Why not? Definitely. Thank you, ladies. All right. I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI owned brands right now online and in store. 
for the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in store. All right. So I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14 karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, This just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton. And it's $49.90. It could retail for $148. So that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food. Everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my ritual 
essential for women 18 plus multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Okay, so LL has has hung up from the Zoom and it's just Mary and I here. So it's kind of, I'm in a way, it's weird that it's like you uh, just, he's just talking like a normal person. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, wow. Like at one time he was prime minister of of a country. Oh yeah. And when we would travel with him, I mean, it was like you're traveling with the president. Like we were like, oh my gosh, because he's so normal and cool. And like, just like an awesome guy that was so helpful to us. And then we would travel around with him in these motorcades and people would want to, you know, take pictures and shake his hand and everything. And yeah, it was a big deal. Yeah. There would be like multiple cars, lots of security. Yeah. Hey, can we get a selfie? (laughs) Definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Was, was interesting when we were able to go to Haiti with him. And that's how we met one of our favorite security guys, Charlo. I I know Charlo's probably will never hear this, but I just feel appropriate that we give Charlo a shout out because Charlo is awesome. He was even a translator for us with Stevenson and Stashira because before they got to America, they really, they didn't speak any English, even though we were paying for them to have English lessons for like three years. I don't know what was happening. Shout out BG, but it wasn't (laughs) BG's fault really. It just was, they were young and there was a lot going on and it's hard to learn a second language, especially when you're not immersed in it. And of course, when they got to America, it was a lot easier for them to pick it up. But Charlotte was our driver and security and translator and friend. Yes. And we met Charlotte through LL. So the former prime minister, and he was like one of his main security guys. And then he became like our guy because LL would travel the world and oftentimes wasn't in Haiti. And I would just message and be like, Hey, Mary and I are coming to Haiti. Are you busy? And thankfully he wouldn't be if LL was gone and he was able to take us around. So that's something that we're thankful for when it comes to that relationship and just all that he's taught us about Haiti. And he introduced us to another world of Haiti. Like we had just seen one part. And that's what I want people to know is just how beautiful of a country it is. Certain things you may see on the news, you might just see the the third world type images, which even in that, the people are beautiful, right? Oh, yeah. But their conditions... And they're happy. Yeah, they're happy. They have joy. It is so beautiful. It has the potential of being one of those places that you want to go visit. Like we did a live the other night and Ray and Bay popped in on it and they were talking about how they flew over Haiti when they were going to the Dominican Republic for a trip. Those are two countries that are side by side that couldn't be more different. And I personally have never been to the DR. So when I say we travel, I mean uh, Americans will travel to the DR, like no problem to go to some resort and have a great time. But you don't often hear of people saying, oh, I'm going to go to Haiti to a resort. And that's just because they haven't been able to build that up. But gosh, it would be so awesome because I know that that's something that would be so amazing for the economy. But I guess, yeah, security comes first. So that would be step one. Like somehow they just got to get the security down because yeah, it's just as beautiful in Haiti as the DR. mm -hmm. Like build it up. So pretty. Thank you all for listening to all of this. And Espoir is involved in 
mostly the orphanage where the kids were. And then My Life Speaks and Project MediShare are both nonprofits that we work with. And all three of those places are in different parts of Haiti. The orphanage is in Delma 32 area in Port-au-Prince, which is actually one of the more dangerous areas to go at the moment. Um, unfortunately, breaks my heart. Then uh, My Life Speaks is in Nepli, Haiti, a village that is about an hour or three, depending on traffic. Depending on the road situation. Yeah, the- depending on if there's a random issue and you're stuck in traffic for hours and hours to get there. And then Central Plateau is where Project MediShare is. And we have been trying to go there so much so that for safety reasons, driving to there was like impossible. So the organization we work with was talking about how sometimes they helicopter people in and Mary and I were highly considering going and taking a helicopter. We had a trip planned. Mm-hmm. Like we had it, we canceled it like three days before. It was just not, they just said, look, it's not safe. Actually, I think LL. Yeah. I think I finally picked up the phone and called him and said, hey, we're doing this. And he, I think maybe that's when he maybe gave us the perspective or at some point around them was when we realized like, oh, Oh, we're kind of going for selfish reasons. I mean, yeah. obviously we want to be able to update people on the work that's being done. If y'all shop Espoir and we're able to make a donation, but we're not doctors and we're not there to save lives. Like if someone really needed us, then okay, we could see ourselves sacrificing that and going because not only when we go, are we putting our lives in danger? We're putting other people's lives in danger, like the security people, anybody that's around us, because Mm -hmm. LL mentioned the kidnappings, like that's a real thing. And so you got two white girls coming in from America. Like we basically have a target on our back to get kidnapped. And so when we go, we're putting other people at risk, like not just ourselves. So that is why we ultimately decided not to go, but we do hope to go one day soon. And we do appreciate y'all support so much. And if you are wanting to support Haiti, we have so many items available. It's crazy that we started a spa with one t-shirt. It just said mm-hmm. a spa. And then it gave the definition, which was, you know, hope in Haitian Creole. And from that, it evolved. And now we have, I don't know, Mary, just rattle off some of the things that we have on our, our spa line. I would say our most popular is our custom four things tote where you can choose four things and customize a tote. We actually have custom pullovers too, where you can choose four things. So all kinds of four things items, but also um, we have born year sweatshirts with Amy is wearing right now. So you can pick your year um, and we have everything from 69 to 01, which is so cute for any kind of gift or yourself. We have, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything is oh, yeah. fine. We have That's probably our most popular right now. Yeah. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything mm-hmm. is fine. Something that's been popular the last few days because we've been posting about it is our TV tees, which are four things and the Golden Girls one. People are loving that right now because we just restocked it and it has the four Golden Girls, Rose, Blanche, Dorothy, Sophia, and it's so cute. But we also have them for Friends, Schitt's Creek, and The Office. So you can check those out. Oh yeah, I need a nap with little Zs on the sleeve and a sweatshirt and a t-shirt, which is kind of part of our cool mom line. But then we realized that I need a nap goes way beyond just moms. Although moms definitely need naps too. But we have cool mom t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. We have cool aunt, cool dad, cool uncle. Oh, we have raise them kind. That's also part of our cool mom line. But we have four things. The gratitude journals we were talking about with LL. We have things for teachers. We have star necklaces, but we're sold out. But we will get it, be getting more in the next couple of weeks. And they, they always support Haiti. So, you know, you can sign up to be notified when they're back in stock, at least if you go to the website. So shopespoir.com is where you can find everything and be a part of what's going on there right now, especially 
for those organizations that I mentioned that we work closely with. It's Shop E-S-P-W-A. Espoir, you can feel proud wearing it, knowing that you helped spread hope in Haiti, literally. And it can be a conversation starter. Sometimes people might ask you like, oh, where did you get that? Or what does that mean? Or I love that a lot of our stuff can be conversation starters, especially mm-hmm. like it's fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. Or that I need a nap. We also have Born Your Hats. And yeah. we have those for like the last hundred years. So you can check those out. And thank you so much for caring about Haiti. I feel like if you're listening to this episode, that means that you already care or you're curious and you're thinking about caring. So we hope you will join. (laughs) We hope you will join us in caring. Thank you, Mary, for joining the podcast again. I feel like you've been on a lot lately. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was was really interested to hear what he had to say. So I'm glad we got to talk to him. Yeah, me too. I'm going to change the podcast to four things with Amy Brown and Mary. (laughs) And we'll say this real quick too. We're working on something that when I'm in California, because Tashira and I are going there for a little girl's trip, and we're also going to pick up a new girl, which is our new cat (laughs) that happens to live close to Mary. So anyway, but while we're there, we're going to go to the shop for at headquarters. And one of the days that we're there, Mary and I are going to be doing something really cool. We just finalized some of the artwork for it. And make sure you're following us on Instagram because we'll let you know what we're going to be doing that one particular day. And it's just going to be that day only. Right, Mary? I think so. Maybe maybe two days, but for sure one It'll day. It'll be like a limited edition, limited amount. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So you can follow at The Shop Forward. You can follow at Shop Espoir. Or you can follow at Radio Amy. All those accounts will have it. All right, Mary, let's sign off in Haitian Creole since... This oh, is okay. a Haiti episode. We'll teach everybody how to say bye. And it's au revoir. Au revoir. Yep. Au revoir. And then I feel like now I need to go bye because I always say that too. <laughs> au revoir. Bye. All right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org.